We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no. There's nothing better. That's why... When it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 123. Scott, you are back from your brief hiatus. You were in Taiwan. You were eating those creepy crawlers. I guess it did not kill you. My one and really my only question is, how was the bowel movement after that meal? <laughs> I tell you what, man, the bowel movement was completely screwed up the entire trip because when you go from eating just on your regular, I work from home, so I have a very like normal schedule with my food and a normal bowel movement schedule if we're, if we're going there. But when, I, when you go over there, when you go over to a foreign country and you're eating Chinese food every single day for every meal... It it's it stops things pretty bad. It just it doesn't go anywhere. And uh, well, yeah, I have Chinese food once, and I'm I'm out of whack for like seven or eight days. So I can only imagine eight straight yeah. days of it. 
Yeah, it was tough. I'm not. A, I'm not a big fan of being off that schedule. That's one schedule I do like to keep. Like you know, with uh, without a doubt. But um, well, also, I mean, you traveled to the other side of the world, so obviously it was a. What's well, the twelve? Was it twelve hour, sixteen hour time difference? It's twelve hours. It was thirteen hours, and then daylight savings happened, so it was okay. twelve. Yeah. <laughs> so that threw an extra wrench into it for you. Yeah, yeah. I was but like, I how, remember. How does it change for an hour? It was very confusing. <laughs> when I went to Australia, it was a sixteen hour time difference, and. The food is obviously much more normal in Australia than it is in Taiwan, but even just your body clock being that screwed up messes with everything. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and like being on a plane for that long, like I'm not trying to do anything on the plane. I don't know. Just I'm just trying to get there and then get back when I'm on the plane. I'm trying to like make that time pass as long as as fast as possible, but yeah, the I mean, I even I got to a point where I was like I was there for what, 8 days, I think. But I, I I got to a point where I was like, yes, I found a burger place. And I go in there and I'm looking at this and the burgers, I'm like, come on. Like, what can't you, can't you, can't we have something normal here? And it was like, uh, there's a fried egg on everything, everything. There's an egg on, there was an egg on the burger. And then they got these little chicken nuggets or what I thought were chicken nuggets on the side as like this, the, uh, like fries. Was this a McDonald's that you found? No, it was called something else. There was a McDonald's that I found eventually, but. This place, I forget what it was called, but they were not, they were not chicken nuggets. They were oysters. And I didn't know that until I ate one and it was horrible. Fried oysters. Yeah. But it was not, it was not like in a good way. It was not in a good way. They were very mushy and disgusting. What was that thing that you posted that was crawling around your plate? Um, it was called, uh, abalone. Abalone. Yeah, but like, it's what a, is it? Was it? It's a shellfish. A shellfish. It's a, okay. Yeah, it's a big shellfish. It's, and they and die. They were dying. You posted. They, you basic. Peto would be would take your Twitter profile down. You posted <laughs> animal cruelty all yeah. over the internet. Oh yeah, they were not screaming. I was a little disappointed. I was hoping they would scream, but they did not. But <laughs> <You> they sick, <laughs> looked. You sick son of a bitch. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was pretty ridiculous when they put that down. It was like Indiana Jones. It was. It was definitely something out of an Indiana Jones movie. But oh. once they stopped moving, I was the first person <laughs> at the table to, to, to go for it. it They're pretty good. It's never how you want a sentence to start when you're talking about getting food at a restaurant. You know, once it stopped moving, yeah, it was right. pretty good. Yeah, it was, uh, it was surreal. That was, a, that was strange, to say the least, when they, when they dropped that off. So. But apparently it's a, you know, it's a delicacy. It's, a, it's oh, one I'm of sure those things is. down there, yeah. Good but, trip. Otherwise, though, you you uh, you had fun. I saw you were sending some videos. What looked like an Asian Mardi Gras. <laughs> yeah, we um, you know, we were. I was out there for a uh, a trade show, and we were meeting with a bunch of people that we do business with out there. And a lot of the when you go out there, like all the younger quote younger. I'm part of the younger crew. We went out to the club, and dude, we were we were out at some Taiwanese club till. I don't know, four in the morning, five in the morning. It was pretty ridiculous on Saturday night. So, yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And, yes, they do. The clubs were uh, – they had, like, a girls – like, a whole bunch of girls walking around in, like, a, in like a train <laughs> with, with, like, a siren <laughs> and, a, and a police light. And they were just stopping all, you know, with shots. And it was, it was weird. It was fun, though. Well, it's good to have you back, and I'm glad you made it back in one piece. We are only a few days away from our spring training trip. So you get back from Taiwan. Are you ready to go to Tampa? I am. I'm going all over the place. I'm going to Tampa. I'm actually coming up to, uh, to, to your neck of the woods, Boston, in uh, another week and a half. So I'm ready to go. We, uh, I looked at the weather, and it looks like it's going to be in the low 80s. Got some nice 
beautiful sunny skies in the uh, in the forecast. Absolutely. Now you just jinxed it, but but whatever. <laughs> uh, we're going to be at the Friday game, the 1 p.m. game versus the Phillies, and then we are going to Southern Brewing and winemaking for our meetup at 6 p.m. So if you're going to be in the area, please come out and come to that event, have some beers with us, and talk some Yankees baseball. Um, then we're going to the Saturday game at 1 p.m. as well versus the Blue Jays, and Scott and I's plan is to hang out in the right field bar area, probably nursing our hangover. So both of those games should be pretty fun. Uh, it was the only weekend that we saw that had two consecutive home games at, at home on the weekends. So this is the weekend we went with. Yeah, and you figure that you're going to see a lot of uh, regular guys getting a good amount of action. There's only, a, what, a handful of games left. So it's their, it's their last hurrah before, last push for the season. That's it. So we should see some, uh, some, some pretty normal baseball, actually, on both sides. Both, both teams should probably uh, play most of their regulars. The 25% off code for this week is Didi. It's kind of a sad note. Obviously, we're going to get into all the Didi stuff coming up on the podcast, but use code Didi for 25% off in the fan shop. And final bit of housekeeping, please rate and review the podcast in iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, wherever it is that you listen to this podcast. Shoot us a five-star review and give us a, a, a shoot us a five-star rating and give us a review. It is much appreciated. Really helps us out in the ratings. All right, so Scott, before we get into the DD news, because I know that is going to be the hottest topic. We got a bunch of mailbags on that topic. Um, let's just fire off some some quick hitters. Uh, first of all, the Yankees are eighteen and six in spring training. Now, most people are just disregarding that because who gives a crap? It's spring training. But that is obviously a great record. It's the best record they've had since 2009. You might also remember they won the World Series in 2009. Not making the connection, but I'm also not not making the connection. Um, There's a lot of games. Usually you don't play this many spring training games, but because it's a World Baseball Classic year, there are more games on the schedule because spring training started earlier. So... I mean, obviously winning games in spring is better than losing games in spring, but do you think people are appropriately reacting to it or are people, or should we be reading into this record a little bit more? I think when you have a very good spring training record, there's a number of things happening. Obviously your guys are playing well, right? I mean, that's, that goes into winning, but a lot of times that goes into winning early on in the game. Spring training, as we all know, are almost a tale of two, maybe three games within one game because you're seeing so many different levels of, of players come in. And the fact that what I see the most out of that record is the depth of the New York Yankees right now. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we are saying this is the first year in a very long time, if ever, that we're looking forward to watching an entire spring game all the time because every single inning, there's going to be guys that we want to watch play because double a triple a is so stacked so to me that's one of the biggest takeaways now on the other side if we're going to overreact to things i mean all the guys that we need to do well have done well uh, you know they've there there've been a lot of good uh, promising things coming out of spring Offensively. training but I th- yeah well and i think pitching as well but the uh i, I think the biggest takeaway for me is the depth yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I mean, I think offensively the team, I, I don't know if what the stats say, but they've got to be near the top in runs scored in the in the Grapefruit League. Uh, so offensively, top to bottom, obviously, if you look at the stats, most of the players are hitting, and a lot of the young kids are hitting. Frazier yeah. is hitting, Torres is hitting, uh, Judge is limiting his strikeouts. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, up and down, it's it's really been positive things. 
out of the lineup. And that has been the main issue for the Yankees since probably 2012 is a lack of offense and a lack of young offense because veterans, I mean, the veterans tended to tire and look, look really old come July, August and September. So these young kids don't get tired as quicker as quickly. So it's, that's all positive that we're seeing. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, if you think about what happened at the beginning of last year and the just massive holes that were in the middle of the lineup with A-Rod and Teixeira, and now we're, we're adding, uh, we're adding guys that, that are younger. Well, not in Matt Holiday's case, I guess he's, he's up there close to that age, but we're, we're adding uh, the younger guys with, with Bird and Sanchez now for a full year. There's going to be a lot more pop. I, I think the offense People are always saying, oh, I don't know if the Yankees are going to score enough runs. I actually think the Yankees are going to be just fine on offense. I think the yeah. way that their their off their offense is structured as well, like the the types of players that they have in that lineup, it's going to be very uh, it's going to be a very good thing. Um, I don't think they're going to really suffer in that way. The the pitching is this year is uh, is definitely the biggest question mark, and and it was last year, but but it actually held up okay. Yeah, we've been saying pitching is a question mark, but they've kind of held it together with smoke and mirrors. This might right. be the season where it all comes crashing down. Tanaka has been unbelievable in the spring; he has not allowed an earned run. Pineda's been really really good as well, and he's pitching for a contract, so you know that, or at least that history shows us that that plays out well for for players who are pitching for contracts. CC struggled, but he's guaranteed a rotation spot just because they have giant question marks throughout the rest of the rotation. Um, of the five guys who were competing, Severino, he's got a five ERA. He's allowed 12 hits in 10 and two-thirds innings. He's had two good starts. Yeah, and they were of, early. They, they were, were early, too. So the buzz early. came up. Yeah, the buzz came up about Severino and, oh, Pedro Martinez fixed him, and now all of a sudden he, he forgot how to pitch again. And even after the first couple of starts, uh, when he had good starts and he, then he had bad starts. At, at least Girardi and all the coaches were saying, well, he was throwing the ball well. He was using his changeup in big spots that shows confidence. But now it seems like he's just regressed since uh, the, the second week of March or second week of spring training, whenever that was. Yeah, the, the one thing I'll be, I'll be careful about judging all the pitchers, and I guess we can look at the whole body of work, but again, still, I'm very, I'm hesitant to judge them on, on how they're doing. Uh, and, and a lot of that is because I think, especially early in spring training, a lot of these guys are working on s certain things. And even in in a, a you know a start, maybe even a little further down the road, if 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 the pitching staff or if the coaching staff hasn't seen something from a guy, you know maybe he'll have to throw the like for, in Severino's case, maybe he'll throw that that change up twenty uh, five percent more more often in a start in spring. Or you know there's there's just certain things that they work on. And it wouldn't be their normal repertoire. So that's why I'm I'm more hesitant for looking at the pitching stats. That's probably I, I think you could use that excuse more for a guy like CeCe than a yeah. guy like Severino or Sessa, Warren, Green, Mitchell, who are all competing. They they need to compete their ass off to make the starting rotation. They, they are, but at the, at the same time, the guy the coaching staff is going to want to see them throw certain things as well. Sure, I don't know. There's well the last the last outing for Severino afterwards. It was he coaches and Severino blamed fastball command. Yeah, and that's a problem. That's a real big problem. <laughs> That's a problem. I mean, if it was like, oh, I hung a couple sliders or a couple changeups, you're like, okay, fine. Who cares? That can be, I mean, that can be disregarded and fixed easily. But if, if he doesn't have his fastball command, he's shit out of luck. I really don't understand how major league pitchers don't have fastball command. It just it's one of those things that baffles me. It's like when NBA players can't hit free free throws. Yeah, it's a it's a fastball. Just throw it where you want to throw it. You're a freaking major league pitcher. Throw it where you want to throw it. Well, they're afraid. Yeah, it's 
sometimes they are. Sometimes they're just. You don't want to get. You don't want to. You don't want the opposing player to hit it to the moon. Sometimes they don't have the feel on that given day. The feel mm-hmm. wasn't there. That was Avaldi's. That was when I started getting sick of Avaldi when he started blaming the feel. You know, I hadn't thought about Nathan Avaldi in quite a long time. Just until well, there you, you go. His name up. You're well. You're Thanks welcome. No problem. Luis Sessa has a seven ERA. Uh, Warren's pitched well, at least stats-wise. He's got a three ERA. Same for Chad Green and Brian Mitchell, who each have um, pretty good ERAs as well. I almost feel stupid talking about ERAs because it's in such low innings pitched. <laughs> right. But but we thought, and a lot of people thought, Severino had a clear-cut favorite line to one of those rotation spots, and it really does not look like that at this point. Uh, I still think it's he's the favorite only because – he is who he is as far as the – I don't know. They, they, they seem to have this, uh, this project around him or the, the prospects of him being a, still a top-flight starter. And I think for that reason and that reason alone, the potential that he's going to start in the rotation no matter what. I think he's – I pretty much think he's the number four guy no matter what, and then they're going to add one of these other guys, and it's probably going to be Mitchell. But Well, say they – I agree with you, but say they don't. Do they send him down to the minors to continue being a starter or are they – Put him in the bullpen. Severino, I'm talking about. I would, I would throw him back in the minors. Again, they've they've talked about, it. they've made it very well known that they do not want to give up on him as a starting pitcher. And I don't know when that when you have to draw the line. Of, you know, this guy is not going to be I'd a starting say pitcher after this year. Yeah, but it's not going to be in spring training this year, right? No. So that's why I think they would they would continue to keep him stretched out, and they would uh, they would send him down. But you know, if I, he, I don't, uh... I don't see it happening. And they're not going to need a fifth starter right until. I don't know, a few weeks into the season. It's Why? We got our, our quote-unquote ace needs an extra day off. They need five starters. Oh, there, there you go. Yeah, your boy. <laughs> uh, if Severino does not – if he doesn't make the starting rotation and he goes back down to the minors and he pitches and he starts in the minors, then gets a call up later in the season and still is not successful as a starting pitcher, I think then they'll have to finally give up on him being a starting pitcher. The problem with Severino and going down and looking at what he's doing in the in Triple A is he dominates Triple A every time he goes down there. But I, I think the very last time he went down, he had probably the roughest time that that he had uh, spent in Triple A. But I don't know. I'm really just hoping he's not a. You know, we we talk about these four A players. Like it, it's looking more and more like Ref Snyder's a four A player. I'm really hoping Severino's not a four A pitcher. Well, see, he does not have the all the familiar symptoms of a 4a pitcher 4a pitchers don't throw 95 miles an hour right and he's got movement on his fastball and and what we saw in 2015 was major league top of the rotation was that was not 4a stuff and he's proven he's got good enough stuff to be in the bullpen as a major league dominant relief pitcher he's he doesn't have let's put it this way he he certainly has more talent than a 4a pitcher I just don't understand how it goes away like that with a young guy that, I mean, young guys should not be in their heads. They, they should be a bunch of cocky dudes who go out there, have, have all the confidence in their ability because they're a young 20, early 20s pro athlete. Like, go out there and just, just throw. Especially, for, for whatever reason, he's in his head too much. Especially considering all the success he had right off yeah. the bat in 2015. I could understand if he came up and got his brains beaten in at, to like the, his first five starts, but that right. didn't happen. It was no. the complete opposite, actually. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. It's something that doesn't make any sense. Um, 
Warren has looked good, and and so is Mitchell. So I, I mean, I don't think they have they're guaranteeing Severino a spot eh? because I think had all of them been pitching crappy, then maybe I'd say yes. But Warren, Green, and Mitchell have all looked much better than Sessa and Severino. So the the Luis boys are really falling behind. <laughs> yeah, Sessa is. He he disappointed me. I thought he was going to show a lot better in the spring. So he's 100% going to be starting in AAA. Warren, I just, I feel like they know what they're getting with Warren. So, you know, I, I have a feeling Girardi's mind was made up about him unless there was a, just a disaster in the back and they had to put him in there. I felt like he was going to be the long guy. I just, I don't know. That's just my, uh, my theory on Warren. I feel like Girardi loves him in the bullpen and he loves having that guy that he knows he can go to at any point and that's Adam Warren. But they have so many guys in the bullpen who can give you what Warren gives you out of the bullpen. Yeah, but Girardi loves Where, his guys, and yeah, Warren's that guy. He trusts Warren. Yeah, So exactly. don't you think he wants to have at least some stability in the number 5 rotation spot so you're not trotting out two horrid starting pitchers back-to-back in, in number 4 and number 5? I mean, you throw Severino out there, and he gets his brains bashed, and then you follow that up with, with Chad Green. You could have another two-and-two-thirds start the night the next night and then your bullpen is completely trashed yeah I don't know I'm just going with uh with with the history and and the way Girardi likes to use his bullpen because you know we love his bullpen management that's that's one of the one of the key attributes of Joe Girardi that I think both you and I love uh, about this the man he's terrific bullpen manager do you know funny funny thing about that I was reading something on baseball prospectus and they rate bullpen they rate managers use of bullpens and they give them a score and did you know Girardi scored the highest last year out of any manager in baseball uh, for his bullpen use it's just it baffles my mind it's basically uh how it's basically when you use pitchers to get the most out of to get the most out of that specific situation he ranked the highest I mean, he had the he had luxury, three people in the, he back had the, of the luxury pen. of yeah. having. He had uh, a seven, eight, nine guy that were all studs. Right. Not everyone had a three-headed monster, and then a, a a diet version of the three-headed monster in the second half. So I think that that needs to have an asterisk on it. But still, I would have thought he would at least be uh, near the near the middle of the pack. Does it say anywhere in there about ruining Dylan Batantis? Is that in there? No. In there? That's that why I laugh. That's why I laugh because. There's so many things I, I think you know I mean you you more than anyone have laughed at the advanced metrics because you you I think are more on the eye test than even I am. I like the eye test as well, but I do throw in plenty of advanced metrics. But there's some things that metrics just can't capture, and that is overusing Dellen Batansis and having him warm up every seventh inning, regardless of the score, for four straight months. And that ruins a guy. And we that, know that because we watched every single baseball game. Yeah, and that's why we were going to add to the advanced metrics and give them a stat for exactly that so that it could be included in the ratings of a manager and the bullpen use. What was it? What did you call it again? It was... Uh, B-warm-ups or B-whips. B-whips, yeah. 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 B-whips. We need to have someone... We need to have a scout out there in the bleachers, out in the right field bleachers at Yankee Stadium counting the number of pitches that Batances is throwing each warm-up. Yeah, the B-whips. I, like I wonder it. if they even track that. They have to, right? I bet the bullpen catcher gives a number to somebody at some point. Yeah. It's thrown in the mix somewhere. And if it's not, they should. Why wouldn't you? I don't get that. It's still pitchers thrown, isn't it? Yeah, that's how I always uh, – well, it's certainly not the amount of stress thrown. 
That's why it was always funny that they would count intentional walks as four pitches when the guy was lobbing it 70 miles an hour versus trying to throw 95 mile an hour darts on the black. Like the stress on your arm is slightly different, I would think, for those two situations. Yeah, I don't have that problem anymore. Speaking of stress on arm, James Caprellian finally got some game action. They let the bull out of his cage like a week after it was pretty much set that we might not see Caprellian in any game action this spring. He finally gets in. He um, he struck his first batter out, got a double play in that first inning. He's looked really solid. I know he's had two outings. Fun to see him in game action. What changed? Why all of a sudden did they decide to let the bull out of his cage? I don't know. Everything they were talking about was going to be, we wouldn't see Caprillion in a competitive game, but possibly a simulated game just to get his work in. And they're going to be extra careful with this dude. And then all of a sudden he's out there pitching against real guys. So, I mean, that's a positive thing. You know, they're they're They felt good enough even after those comments to say, Hey, this guy is, is ready. He's, he's healthy. He's, he looks good. Let's, let's see what he can do. So I think this is all positive stuff for, for Caprillion and it could, as long as this guy stays healthy, that's a that's a name to watch for us for sure in the first half of the season, how he's doing, because he could be a very fast riser. Yeah. Starting pitcher in the second half of the season potentially. Absolutely. Assuming which is a, it's a good assumption that not they're not gonna have five starters that are consistent for the whole season. Oh, come on. We all know that, that four and five guy is gonna be like thirty different dudes. Yep. The Yankees might set a record for number of starting uh, number of guys to start a game for this season. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of it's gonna be a uh they're going to have to do the, the scrand shuttle for the starting pitchers. Before we get into the DD talk and mailbags, uh, because I know it's going to be a lot of DD talk. There's going to have, we're going to have to console each other and prep for the worst. I think on DD, yeah. but I'm officially putting a moratorium on the, will the Yankees sign Bryce Harper and will they sign Manny Machado talk? I'm completely sick of it. I mean, I know it's a slow time during spring training, but how many times can the same freaking story be written about Bryce Harper? He's not a free agent after this year. He's a free agent after next season. So can right. we at least put it on the back burner until summer 2018? Do we have to really be talking about this shit now? Can you imagine what it's going to be like then? Oh, my um, God. It's, it's going to be like LeBron watch free agency. Is Harper going to have a decision? I bet Harper has a decision. That just popped in my head. And God damn it, Bryce Harper is going to sit down on ESPN and have a freaking decision. No doubt. There's no doubt about it. Manny oh, Machado, it's going to make me puke. And Manny Machado will just send his send a little message somewhere, and it'll be uh, it'll be done. Yeah, I'm sick of it too. So, do we have to continue to talk about this, or is this, this is it? Right I'm, no, I'm putting a moratorium. So, if anyone who emails or tweets us, we will not talk about it after this episode, which is episode 123. No more talk until summer 2018. Okay, uh, but first we need to talk about Machado and the WBC <laughs> <laughs> because. That was ridiculous. I don't you you have I know you haven't been watching it as much. The games have been late. I caught I started watching it when I got back from Taiwan because I missed most of the games while I was over there. And um it's been a lot of fun to watch them. These are fun games to watch. The energy in this in the you could tell in the I think there were 43,000 about that at um in San Diego at Peco uh for this last game versus uh the Dominican Republic and it was electric, man. It was a fun game. The the shot that Machado hit, the catch that Adam Jones made, ridiculous. The uh, you know the the tip of the cap, like the whole thing was just a, a really cool a really cool play. And overall, I've been very impressed with the WBC and the 
one, the level of play, and two, the amount these guys are into it big time. And you could tell that the crowds are too. It's been fun. Yeah. Do you know what my problem is with the WBC? Is that it it takes a lot to get people invested in something that really does not matter. There's no these games don't count. So how do you get people invested? Oh, let's throw it on Saturday night at 10 p.m. Yeah, are that's you kidding a me? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, I know they have a unique situation where there's large fan bases in Japan and all over the world, so they have uh, the timing is going to be a big problem. It was for the them, U.S. No versus what. Dominican. That's Eastern. That's an Eastern crowd. The Dominican I, is in the Eastern time zone, and you're putting I know. that on 10 p.m. on a Saturday night is lunacy. It was a it was a terrible decision. It was a terrible decision for that one. You made I that it, 7 or 8 p.m. I think it was a bad decision to have that bracket on the West Coast in the first place. Why aren't they playing in Miami? Like, I don't know if they're, if they're going to have all these guys on or, this side Texas, of the world. Or Texas or something. Like, Fine, yeah. It was, a, it was a bad decision. And I was fighting to keep my eyes open on, on, uh, on that game. I mean, I'm and, sure most people were. They were probably in a... A March Madness coma by that point. You can't. and it was St. Patrick's Day. It was the. <laughs> it was like people are hammered and trying to stay awake. I started drinking just to watch the game at like eleven thirty. It was. Uh, it was nuts. I just have. I mean, I'm. I have no doubt. I mean, I saw the clip of Giancarlo Stanton's home run, and it was an oh, absolute God. blast, and almost went through that building in left field. Yeah, Stanton's a beast, and I and I. It was I a laser. Stanton's one of my favorite players, but. Come on, you got to do better baseball or World Baseball Classic. Whoever's in charge of this thing, you've got to make this more accessible to fans because I'm not going to go seek out a game that does not impact standings. I'm just not going to do it. I can only care. I have only so much care in my heart. I can only have so much passion towards this stuff. I saw the clips on Twitter and it was a lot of fun, but I didn't go put it on my TV. Oh, I did. What they're trying to do, though, is if you look at, at soccer, soccer's got the World Cup that, that does not impact any of the uh, the standings. for. I don't even know what the hell I'm talking about with soccer, but I know that there's leagues and all this crap that people are all about their teams, right? But then the World Cup comes, and then it's different because you're all about your country and all like that. That's, that's, the, that's what they're trying to, to put in. And I honestly think that it's got that potential because baseball is that worldly of a game that you can, you can do this. I mean, I was... I was on the edge of my seat, like into the game with the with the USA, uh, you know, chasing the Dominican and uh, the game before that. It was just it was a lot of fun, and I felt like those were my guys for that minute. Even though they were there were like barely any Yankees on the team, those were my guys. It was USA. It was all about the 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 laundry at that point, and it was fun. I think it's got potential. I, I really do. They got to figure something out though with the way with the timing of it when they're doing it because to me there's just there's just you're gonna see this. With with having the such a high level of competition this early in the spring, you're going to see injuries every single year. Yeah, well, first of all, injuries, we're obviously going to get to that in a second, but the best player in the world is not playing in this thing, Mike Trout. And that's, right. a, pro- that's a problem. Why isn't he playing in it? Well, the Angels and him are probably terrified he's going to get injured. Yeah. That makes sense. Didi Gregorius now has an injury, and he came back from Team Netherlands. I'm going to read his injury, and I needed a freaking textbook to read this thing. Didi has a hematoma of the subcapsular muscle. Um, A hematoma is a solid swelling of clotted blood within the tissues. It's basically a fancy word for bruise. I don't know why they have to use the word hematoma. And the subcapsular muscle is a large triangular muscle, which fills the subcapsular fossa, 
and inserts into the lesser turbicle of the humerus <laughs> and the front of the capsule of the shoulder joint. <laughs> did you just throw for, up? Did you, just, all of the, did you just throw up on your microphone? For all of those people who aren't biologists or don't study human anatomy, Didi has a shoulder injury. Yeah, the the whole hematoma thing. I mean, the solid swelling of a clot of blood. I mean, isn't isn't that what happens when you bruise? Isn't that a it's like a deep bone bruise? It's I don't a, know. It could it's be something worse than a bruise, but but not as serious as like what a, a gunshot wound. Like, how, I, I where are the, we at? On, what is the level of this thing? But the yeah, exactly. I think one of the things that's scary when you think of that about this, and you hear and you hear the word clot. You know, that's that's where you you start hearing scary things. I, start I got real Cohen. nervous when I heard that. Yeah, I started thinking of David Cohn and the, some of these guys that had blood clots, and that's a ser- that's serious business when you're talking about that. Um, so obviously, we're we're hoping for the best, and it's not something as you know freak as that. Where if it's an injury like a bruise, and he just like banged it, like hopefully that's that's it, and it just needs some time to heal. Um, but I don't I know saw, how, I mean, how, some... how could you get a bruise that is bad enough to take you out of. Well, I, the there were comments, like if he got hit, get hits by a pitch, like that's not going to cause a bruise bad enough. And he's not playing the field, so it's not like he dove and landed on it. Did he fall down a flight of stairs? Did someone hit him with a bat? Like, did Xander Bogarts like punch him because he's trying to sabotage the Yankee season? Possibly, yeah. But the uh, the one I saw comments from Joe Girardi, and they were talking about the doctors looking at his arm, saying he's got good strength in the arm, but they wanted to do it just to be cautious. And I could see that, like he had a bruise. Let's not push it. You're you're done. That was fun. Congratulations, you guys did really well. You're done. <laughs> you're coming home. He was and mashing. We're, we're gonna too. make sure. Yeah. So I I'm really just hoping this was just a a, a very they're just playing it very safe. And they, he felt something, and because he felt something, they they pulled him out of it. I'm really hoping that that was it, and he's I just going to miss a week. But the fact that he got injured, and there's these big words being thrown around that you have to Google to find out what they mean. I mean, it's going to throw Yankees Twitter into a panic, and it did. Right. Yeah. Hopefully, it's just a bunch of big words that, that mean absolutely nothing, and it's a big scare, and he is just fine, because uh, that would be... That would throw a, a tremendous wrench into this season that, that oh, we yeah. really don't need. You know, we want everything's going nice and smooth. The plan is is kind of being executed to uh, to to the way that everybody thought it was going to be. And I think having your shortstop, who has been on the uptick big time, uh, you know, have a significant injury would really throw a big wrench into this. I mean, he's certainly one of their three or four most important position players, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, behind uh, Gary Sanchez, behind. Probably Greg Bird, just from an offensive standpoint. I might put Castro. I mean, I, I might put DD third, third most important position player. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I, I think him and uh, no, no, I agree with that. He's he's extremely important, and and I know we have a lot of we have a lot of mailbox bags coming in, and we have talk about this about who could possibly replace him. But um, you know, he is a major league ready player who made significant improvements last year. And this is a guy who has been taking his game to another level, it seems like, you know, as the years go on. He had a, a good second half the year in 2015, a good year last year. Uh, you know, we're ready for him to take another step. So it's not – everybody gets, I think, their eyes glazed over with all these prospects, and they forget about what we have currently on the Major League roster. And that's a very good shortstop who is taking large steps forward. Yeah, and I also got sort of – panic flashbacks to Mark Teixeira injuring his wrist in the 2013 World Baseball Classic. And, I mean, you can argue that derailed his career. He's made a glass, though. That's a different story. It's, you know, 
Well, I he understand, may, but may, it's still an injury. That was that, a violent sneeze. It was still an <laughs> it was still an injury that happened while he was not playing in a Yankees uniform. Yeah, I get it. I know it's that frustrating. it's frustrating. It's frustrating when that happens. You know, it's frustrating when you see a guy playing pickup basketball. You know, bust his knee open, or you know, it, th- those things happen. Uh, obviously, this is something that's because it's baseball as well, and you're not playing with the Yankees. It, I think it adds another element to it. But you know, who's to even know that he did it in game? I mean, wh- who knows how this injury actually happened? Or even well, we're gonna, some... you mean the DD injury? We're gonna have yeah. to find out. Yeah. If it's something that was not game action, I mean. Then you just blame Didi. Yeah, I mean it could be something random too. If it's a, if there, God forbid, if it is a blood clot, something like that. I mean, I don't, I don't really know how those pop in. I, I thought they were just random. It's like a random act of, of your body. But again, this is all speculation on what the hell is wrong with him. Yeah, he's right having now. an MRI and more tests on Tuesday. So maybe as people are listening to this, there'll be more news on Didi. Yeah, and hopefully it's good because everybody's forgetting about too. Like this guy is taking another. He seems like one of the leaders in the on the team. Uh, he's a good guy. I, I don't know. There's a lot to root for with Didi Gregorius. So you really want, I really want to you know him to be uh, do you okay because I was excited to watch him for another year. And then it also sucks that I mean he was super excited about playing for Team Netherlands. I mean he was he was DHing even though I'm sure he would have loved to be on the field playing the infield. But he was he was one of their offensive stars so far. They're in the semifinals, they're going for a World Baseball Classic championship. It's probably killing him to not be there. So it's just kind of like shitty news all around for Didi. Yeah, it does suck. Uh, all right, let's move into mailbags. We got a couple on Didi. The first one comes from Julio, and he says, With Didi Hurt, do you think the Yankees are going to highly recommend their players not to participate in future tournaments like the WBC? Yes. I, I think <laughs> I think the Yankees moving forward with these types of things. I mean, obviously we have what are they every four years, three years, yeah, four, four, every four years. You know, we'll see what happens in four years. But yes, I would uh, I would wager that the uh, the Yankees brass is going to ask the, uh, the all the prospects that we see now that hopefully in four years are major superstars will not be playing for their teams unless they make significant changes and they do it. I don't know in the middle of the season or after. I don't know when they'll do it. Like or how when would you? Changes. Yeah, when could you do it? When it's you, such a long season that it's difficult to even fit it in. I, you'd I don't have know. to take time off at the All Star. You'd have to have like a three week All Star break and play it in July. I could see that. Time. But then you're going to run into the problem with the season running late and freaking freezing. Well, no, games. you'd have to do. No, what you'd have to do is you'd have to do what the NHL does with the Olympics, and you'd have to cut games off the schedule every four years. Oh. If MLB is actually committed to making the World Baseball Classic a thing. Then they would do that. Every baseball purist in the world just went crazy. <laughs> Ast- there will be an asterisk next to every record made in those seasons. Well, no, I mean, I mean, it's I guess just, for records that require you to play in fewer games. Yeah, it would be. Uh, I don't think that'll ever happen. That uh, that I don't think will ever happen. It's tough though to tell players that you can't go play for your country. Like, why don't they just why don't they just make it like the Olympics used to be and just have amateur players? So you have a bunch of guys who are minor who leaguers the, go and who do Who the it. hell is going to watch that? Because then you're rooting for just the country. You're rooting no, for your country. I would still watch Scott, it. I would no, absolutely no, you still watch it. No, you wouldn't. Yes, I would. I'm I calling would. Bullshit. I would absolutely I'm calling watch bullshit. It. You would not have watched on Saturday night U.S. versus Dominican if you did not know one person on those rosters. I would. I would watch it. <laughs> that is horse shit. No, it's not. I like baseball. I like when when the like countries go out too. there. I'm not watching that though. I didn't I even like, watch. You don't watch this. You don't watch it when there's superstars in it. So you're definitely not watching it. But when there are when there are guys going out and and playing for the country, it 
it, I don't know. It, it takes on a different level. It's like the Olympics. I don't know any of those people until I start watching the Olympics. You get behind them. These are no names until they are names. It, it would be fun. It would be, it would be separate than the major leagues at that point, too. All right, next question is from Robin Lett, and he says, apologies in advance for how poorly Andrew reads this message. Hey, guys, if Didi is projected to miss a chunk of the first half of the season, will the Yankees roll the dice on Torres? I know Castro has big league experience at short, but seems to me the true. <laughs> <laughs> I know Castro has big league experience at short, but seems to me the truly great players, Harper, etc., are able to cope when thrown in at the deep end at a young age. I, I read that well. Robin's punctuation and, and grammar there kind of threw me off. But sure. Um, listen, everyone wants to see. As soon as DD news came out today, everyone was like. Glyber Torres is going to be the opening day shortstop. It's a negative a billion percent chance of that happening because he's only played high a ball and they're not going to throw him into the fire like that. I think he could handle it. I think he would go through some growing pains. I think he would really struggle uh, to start, but is that worth it for say DD is out until June 1st. I'm just making up a date. We have no clue. DD is out till June 1st. Is throwing Torres into the fire for two months and risking him having a setback. I mean, the guy is on an unbelievable trajectory. Is that really worth it if you're the Yankees? No, it's not worth it, and it's not something they would do. I mean, they're not the the Yankees have never been and never will be a knee jerk reaction team. This is not something that they're gonna they're gonna do because the uh, the injury happened. You know, I could see something if if this is a long term injury, and and Torres is is in the minor league starting at Double A. I mean. He will most likely, if he starts doing well, he's going to fly through the minor leagues, if that's the case. I could see that happening. Yes. I don't see them ever doing anything like this because they're going to make sure that he, he can get through each level and then, and then pop up. But no, there's, the Yankees do not do this. They just, this is not what they do, and nor do I think they should because while I, I, I do think that the kid is, can handle it, and I think that he very possibly could be ready right now. He, he very possibly. He may go into the major leagues right now and and do well like you said he would have some growing pains but I think he he would be able to handle himself well I think he's that good um but it's it's just not the way that it's it's done in baseball it's not the way that the Yankees do it and they are bringing this kid along slower to make sure that there aren't those setbacks he and looks it's like not slow it's not slow either right nah, like he's he, 20 he's he's gonna be coming up pretty fast yeah he's he will be years in old. the major league he will be in the major leagues by the time he's 21 years old yeah that is like that's aggressively fast for a player right you only see phenoms play when they're that young in the majors mike trout bryce harper manny machado like those are the guys who are in the major leagues at age 20 not i mean think of where aaron judge is think of where clint frazier is clint frazier is the yankees number two prospect he's 23 years old right is he 22 or 23 he's ish you know he's in that range but so So i mean that's that's at least two two years years. two years behind gliber yep and and torres will 100% 100% be starting somewhere in two years, somewhere on the diamond. Yeah. So, and as yeah. far as like other guys who I think uh, we could see, Torres is the easy answer if it's a very short stint. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we need a shortstop for two or three weeks. Let's just plug Tor- Ronald Torres in because then we don't have to really jumble our roster around. We don't have to move anyone around the diamond, and that's an easy fix. If it is like a two month thing, then I would hope, and I kind of could see them giving Tyler Wade a shot. Yeah, or 
or God forbid the the Brendan Ryan of today, like a Pete Cosmo or someone like that. I could absolutely see them doing see, something actually like that think, too. I actually think they're that is the that's Ronald Torres though. But the problem, yeah, well, Torres can play everywhere. That's the problem with with putting Torres in there as as the uh, the short term everyday shortstop is then you're losing your super utility guy. And maybe that's <laughs> Tyler. Maybe that's Tyler oh, Wade. You're really who's giving him a lot of that. credit with that super utility role. Well, whatever. You know, you know what I mean. He plugs him in at different places in the infield. That's a guy who could play second, third, and short. There aren't many of those guys that we have. Um, Tyler Wade is absolutely becoming every single day more and more and more valuable. And the kid is having a hell of a spring. And he is proving that he could play practically everywhere. I mean, he was at center field. He's been at shortstop. He could play second, third. I mean, there's dudes everywhere. And he's hitting, too, which is, uh, which is not something that everybody was expecting him to do. He's, he's been hitting in, tr- in uh, spring training. So that's, I think that's the, the sleeper right there is, is Tyler Wade. Yeah, we actually got a question from Eric at emichael888 on Twitter. Uh, he basically said everything you just said about Tyler Wade and then asks, uh, could Wade steal the bench spot from Torres because Girardi mentioned Wade being the type of uh, guy that can play multiple multiple positions and gives him the opportunity to have an extra pitcher, which of course we know Girardi would love to do. Right. I think Torres is on this team no matter what. I mean, because Girardi proved uh, last year that he likes using him in different spots. I think because of Headley and and the uh, the horrible start he had last year, I think Torres then is even more valuable because they know that he could go in there, get some good at bats, play a good third base. I don't know. I just think he's too valuable as that that utility infield guy to to be set at a at a position for you know an extended period of time. But we it sounds like if they have like Wade and Torres on the roster, that yeah. is two guys who are quote unquote super utility players. So why couldn't they just do a combination to fill the gap while Didi's out? Yeah, I mean it's I, not a bad it, thing to move to have your guys be versatile and can play multiple multiple positions. I mean, no doubt. I mean, this is this is something I've been screaming for a long time. Like, let's move these guys around. Let's see what they can do. Uh, they're they're ball players. They can play different positions. Absolutely. I, I th- it just really depends on how long DD's out. If if that if this is an extended thing, then it, it will be different than if it's just patchwork for you know a few weeks. Castro also threw his hat in the ring for being able to cover some shortstop duties if needed. But very nice of him. <laughs> I mean, Castro first of all was. I kind of bordering on below average defensive shortstop by the time he was moved from, from the Cubs and uh, DD obviously is a very good shortstop. And also do you really want to then weaken two positions that the Yankees would be weakening two positions in that sense? Yeah. And I feel like Castro hasn't, he's a little bigger, a little, uh, a little heavier in the saddle, if you will, this, uh, these days, it's since he's he got into Yankees. that Bronx Italian food and then, yeah, sort of I mean, he was a, a bit. His workout videos were a little bit different than everybody else's workout videos this summer or this uh, this winter. It was it was mostly just him hanging out doing uh, doing fun things. But I don't know. He's not as nimble as he was three four years ago when he was playing shortstop. A Rod's still out there. A Rod's still out there. What playing playing third? His talk about a hefty saddle. I mean that's that's exactly where he needs to go too. It's, nah, A Rod could bring his shortstop roots back. Oh, if the ball's hit at him, yes, he would feel it. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's move on. The next mailbag question is from Brandon, and he says, I know spring training stats don't mean much. However, watching Jordan Montgomery, he looks like Severino in 2015. Joe said he's intrigued by him, and what do you guys think of him as a fifth starter? 
So they've already made a, a comment saying that Montgomery is not in the competition for the fifth starter. This is a guy that... Well, have I, they? Yeah, they have. They, Girardi said that, I believe. When? It was this past week. I saw... Okay, well, written. I just read something today, I, forget, I like New York Post or something, that added Montgomery to the list of five. So he, he it was six players with Mon- Montgomery in there. As well, a long shot, but... Yeah, what I heard was that... It's not. It's not a consideration. Anyway, what they they are going to see him start. He was talking about getting him to. I mean, he hasn't even started a game yet in in spring training. This is not a guy they've even looked at as a starter yet. So what what they're going to? I think they are going to give him a start this week. That's that was what they were saying. Uh, I heard Girardi talking about that. This was uh, you know, he was talking about this with John and Susan, one of the the, the last game they broadcast. That's where I heard this. Anyway, he's going to get a start at some point, and they're going to see him. What I think he's going to do is going to be stretched out. They'll they'll use him in AAA. If they need to use him as a starter, then then he'll be probably one of the you know one of the first guys to be called up. Uh, I don't see them putting him in the bullpen at this point. But Girardi was talking about that, saying that there have been guys who start out in the bullpen in their careers and then move back to a starting position, you know, the the following year. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. But they do like him, that's for sure. We have to also remember that so many of these pitchers who are having solid springs, who are like, oh, maybe they'll just be thrown into the bullpen. Well. It's unlikely because whoever doesn't make the starting rotation is probably being thrown into the bullpen. Yeah, there's a, again, the, the whole starting pitching, the whole pitching statistics in spring training is very difficult to to get behind and to really make much sense of. I mean, the you, you see guys who, who just are blitzing through spring training and then go into the season and uh, who was it? Barbado last year won the pitcher, uh, the, the best pitcher in spring training, right? He came into the Yankees and was terrible and got sent down within like two to three weeks. You just oh, never know. There's so many of those guys that are just all jumbled in my mind. I can't even distinguish yeah. them at this point. I know. it's so. Th- this is a, th- let's not get overly hyped. Montgomery has good statistics in the minor leagues. This is a guy that they're high on. Before he started doing well in spring training, he was not in the conversation for, for uh, that fourth or fifth starter. And I, I don't think it's a serious guy. I don't think he's in that conversation right now. But they are intrigued with what he's doing. That's where I think it is. He's a lefty. That's a, That's something. <laughs> that's that's a thing. That's yeah. A, that's a yeah. He looks like I made this comment a few weeks ago on Twitter. Was that if you look at him and the way he do, and his delivery and all that, he does look like he's got like a Boone Logan build, and uh, his, his delivery is actually not not far off from what Boone Logan looks like. Does he throw as hard? I'm not sure how hard he throws. To tell you the truth, I want to say mid 90s, but I don't think he's a top. I don't think he's an upper 90s guy. Yeah, everyone throws mid-90s now. Yeah. Talk to you when you can crack 99. There's some kid. Who is this kid uh, talking that he can hit 107? I didn't see that. I saw it somewhere. He's a prospect somewhere. I forget where it is. 107 is what this kid's trying to hit. i got to remember what it was now. Okay. I'll get back to you on that one. Next mailbag question, and it's a bit of a different one, comes from Noah Adler at NoahAdler99 on Twitter. This is my favorite sports time of year considering the Yankees are doing well in spring training and the Flames are in a playoff race in the NHL. My question is, what is the best time of year for sports for you guys? So, I love this time of the year. I mean, the baseball season is about to start. You have March Madness in full swing. I think this is a great time of the year. It's, it's kind of like, you know, shedding off winter, getting rid of your coats, you're starting to get into some warmer weather. This is uh, one of my ideal ones. And then uh, probably my favorite, though, is is uh, 
when the Yankees are playing <laughs> is when it's the uh, baseball postseason and you have football. Mm-hmm. To me, that's that's like the best. Yeah, like September fifteenth through the end of October. Yeah, that's because you stuff. get all of the baseball playoff races coming down into it, and now with the wild card being added, that adds like an extra wrinkle to the baseball playoffs. Um, you almost get like a bonus two weeks of playoffs because so many teams are involved. And it's like a complex math equation trying to figure out which teams are still alive. I, I, I remember you and I tried to figure that out last year at one point. You and I are not the two best people to be figuring out all those different playoff possibilities and tiebreaker no. scenarios. No. And then, yeah, football getting going. When everyone still has a shot. It's the best time of the year as a Jets, Jets fan. Still yeah. have a shot. Best time of the year. Yeah, and – there's like there's nothing for me like I could just watch baseball playoffs. I the Yankees were not in it this year. I watched every single MLB playoff game this past October because it was that good. Yeah, no, I agree. It's good. I mean, it's it's amazing when your team is in it, obviously. But uh, I think baseball playoffs are the best uh, in any sport. I think it's the, the intensity is just super high and it's a lot of fun. So yeah, they're quick. And every like you, you finish a game and then you're like, oh, back at it tomorrow night. I got a stomach ache already for the idea of whoever we're facing tomorrow night in the, in the pitching matchup. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Now I'm get, I'm getting a little sad though because it's been a while. Might be this year. Might be coming sooner than later. Oh baby. Yeah, 2015 uh, did not get the uh, get our fix in. No, no, that was <laughs> and we because we knew we knew what was going to happen before that game even happened. It was yeah. such a it was such a just a disappointment waiting to happen. We knew it was going to be. We knew the offense was going to do nothing. I can't even talk about it. I'm getting upset. I'm getting upset. George is getting upset. That's a long time ago in a team that I don't even recognize anymore. Yeah. All right. Uh, next mailbag question is from Stephen Kelly, and he says, "What is the ETA for guys like Torres and Frazier? When do you think we'll see them in the Bronx?" So, kind of already touched on some of this stuff, but you can argue. Both Torres and Frazier have the stats that deserve to make the team. No doubt. Especially As, Torres. I mean, he's lighting up the scoreboard. I think he had another double and two RBIs on Monday, hitting over 400. He's hitting 444, probably like 450, 460 at this point. Two homers, five doubles. Frazier's hitting 343. Cut his hair to comply with the Yankees' rules. What a team guy. I mean, I think even after the haircut, he's been on fire. The dude's been has been playing well. He's, uh, you know, I'm very, I'm, I'm happy that he's having a good spring. I think he's kind of going under the radar with the with what he's doing on the field because it seems like all you can talk about or you see everywhere is just the hair, the hair, the hair, the hair. Who gives a shit about the hair? Let's talk about what this guy is doing on the field because if we're talking about guys to come up, and that's what what Stephen was asking about. Frazier's the first guy to come up. Most likely because he's already in AAA. He's he's uh, you know he's been in AAA for you know an extended period of time now. He's basically playing himself into the major leagues. If you see a, if you see a guy like Brett Gardner struggle, I, I could absolutely see Frazier coming up sooner than later. Well, yeah, the first time that Gardner or Ellsbury misses it like a week or or fifteen day DL, Frazier's getting the call up. Yeah. Assuming well, he doesn't have a terrible, terrible performance at AAA to start the season. I, I'm not 100. Actually, I'm not 100 uh, percent down with that because I'll tell you why. The I, I think if Ellsbury goes down, I don't think they bring up Frazier because I could see them bringing up a guy who's got more of the defensive center fielder prowess. Like why a, uh, they would just plug Gardner in in center field and then put Frazier in, in left field. 
I, I don't think Frazier's the first guy to come up in that sense. I think like a, a Mason Williams would be ahead of him. I think if Frazier is hitting, it's going to be hard for Cashman to justify not bringing bringing him up. Yeah, uh, he again, uh, you know, Cashman has talked about this. It's it's gonna he's gonna determine when he comes up by his play in AAA. That's what's that's what's gonna happen. But they're gonna he's gonna have to light it up. He can. I mean, at this point, Frazier has to be able to taste the major leagues. I mean, he's so close. Yeah. yeah. So. It would be extremely disappointing and disheartening if he goes out and sucks to start the season in AAA. You'd be like, okay, what the hell are you doing? The thing about him, why I don't think they would bring him up in a scenario like that, depending on if if it was a if it was a short term, because I don't want, I don't think they want to send him back down. You know what I mean? So I could see that's why I could see them bringing up like a Mason Williams um, or even a, uh, a, a, a what's his name Fowler. Bringing him up and and just playing like a, a solid defensive center fielder, like uh, what they did with um, Ben Gamble. Ben Gamble, exactly. They don't. Uh, they're not going to. Frazier's their one of their top prospects. Two top two prospects. He's not the guy that you want to come up and go back and go up and go back. But if it's not an injury, and it's not terrible, I mean, to for them to bench Gardner or Ellsbury, they would have to be so putrid, yes. like uh, unlike anything we've seen. No, I agree. I, I think, but that's so, that's where he would come up. Unless Judge is really stinking it up, they'll have no problem benching him. Yeah. And like Aaron Hicks is not going to get a regular playing time. It's just not going to happen at this point. So, barring injury, we can't just count on someone having either Ellsbury or Gardner being shitty, and then and then Tor- and then Frazier getting called up in July. Like, when is it going to happen if not for an injury? How is it going to happen? It's gonna. Well, I, I see. I think the the further the season goes along, the uh, the less the guy has to suck, if that's making any sense. So as we're going in, like so let's say we're we're just past the All Star break, and Gardner it hits a hits a big slump. I could see them at that point if Frazier's hot and we're past the All Star break, then you could get benched. Then then it becomes an easier benching because you're getting to the end of the season. Frazier's the guy that's going to be coming up for the next year. I could see it happening at that point. That would be pretty unprecedented for the Yankees to do. They've been doing things that are unprecedented for the past year and a half now. Uh, you know, they're 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 doing things that are different that they've never done before. So I'm not putting anything past them at this point. They know what they know what the deal is. Everybody knows what the deal is. I also saw a comparison made of what the Cubs did with Chris Bryant. You remember in 2015 he was lighting yeah. up spring training. He hit over 400, and he was the number one prospect in baseball. And then the Cubs delayed his start time in the majors i think it was three weeks and everyone was kind of bashing him because they're like well you're going to sacrifice performance at the major league level to um just to delay someone's free agency a year you and i talked about this on the podcast right this was all happening during our podcast i believe yeah i think so i remember having the conversation yeah i don't think it's a situation i don't think we're seeing that with frazier i don't think that it's quite a an apples to apples comparison no, no, it's not. I mean, Chris, I, I don't, I don't think. Um, I think the Cubs were in a very different place too at that point, and when when he was they coming up, like yeah. he was the guy that they were waiting for for a long time. And I don't know. I, I think it was a different situation. I think they did. Did, did they do the same thing with Trout? There, there was a, a guy before Chris Bryant who had happened to that made big news too. I, I don't think. I mean, if it happened with Trout, it didn't matter because the Angels gave him a new contract like a year right. later. But there was another like a major a major guy that that this had happened to before Chris Bryant. I can't think of who it was off the top of my head it may have been trout but anyway no i don't think that's the that's the case with this i think the yankees are ready to go if this if this guy's playing well um 
then he's going to come up. I mean, that's that's it. I, I think the scenario that I gave is probably the most likely. It's at, like after the All-Star break. I mean, look what happened last year with Brian McCann. Well, Brian McCann and and Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez was played himself under the team, and McCann stopped catching. Just stopped catching. I yeah, but he was. It, you could just slide him into DH. They're not going to slide uh, Gardner or Ellsbury into DH. You got to slide him into a bench roll. I mean, I get that, but the the thing is, is like the writing's on the wall. Like you guys do not have a future on this team. The future of this team is behind you. They know it. It's basically what everybody's talking about training guys for your own jobs. So that's what's happening right now. <laughs> so uh, Jacoby Ellsbury is going to be hiding all the batting equipment, and Brett Gardner is going to be putting it's, shaving cream in their lockers, kind of yes. hazing them because they don't want to have their yeah. spots taken. Yeah, he's okay. going to make their life miserable. Yeah. I mean, if you're Brett Gardner, though, at least you can hang your head on the fact that I'm tradable. I mean, if you're Jacoby Ellsbury, what are you saying to yourself? How do you sleep at night if you're, if you're Jacoby Ellsbury? He just needs to start playing like Jacoby Ellsbury from years ago, start taking steroids again or something. Do you know just, how I just figured out how Ellsbury sleeps at night on a he, bed made of $153 million? Yeah, he's, he's sleeping on cash pillows. You know, oh, he's fine. He is God. fine. He does okay. not care. Next mailbag question is from Parker Gibbons. Do you guys feel that Kyle Higashikoa, I'm going to call him Higgy, Kyle Higgy should make the big league team out of camp. He's looking pretty good this spring. His numbers quickly, 318 batting average, 682 slugging percentage, two homers, seven hits. Yeah, this is a guy who we're going up and down this lineup and we're saying this about a lot of people, but a lot of people deserve to be to be looked at because of what they're doing in the spring, in spring training. And, and he's another one of them. I mean, he's, he's shown well, I think uh, defensively he's shown well at the plate, but he just doesn't have a spot on this roster. Austin Romine is hundred percent going to be the backup catcher. You know, Girardi wants his backup catcher to be a veteran type guy, a defensive minded type guy. Romine's been in the system forever. It seems like, and that's, there's just, it's not a, I don't even think it's a question mark. I think uh, Higgy's going to start in triple a, hopefully he hits because I could absolutely see them, Dishing him away. He's one of those guys to yep. to put on your list as a trade prospect because he will be one. Every time he gets a hit in spring training and every time he gets a hit in, in Scranton this year, that's another check in Cashman's box to be able to trade him. Absolutely. And good for good for Higgy because yeah. if he's not playing here. If you're Higgy right now, you're like, shit, I got Gary Sanchez in front of me. Yeah. It's like it's like how all, all infielder, all shortstops coming through the Yankee system. We're like, well, what am I doing? I got Derek Jeter in front of me. Like, they're not moving this guy. So, he is not. He is not blind to that situation. He, he, right. I guarantee, he's like, I am playing for uh, a spot somewhere else. I am playing to to make my trade prospects better, so that another team wants me as their starting catcher, as the future of their, uh, you know, their starting catcher. That's that's what he's playing for. He's not going to be a New York Yankee for a long time. And I mean, some of these guys have to be traded because there's just too many of them. <laughs> too many good players. I don't know what to do. Um, next question is from Kyle. We're going to trade away all the ones that actually work out. Yeah, yeah that's happening. <laughs> of course. <laughs> next question is from Kyle Roberts, and he says, "I know that some people believe that Hicks is going to be the next Mookie Betts." I think whoa, whoa, spelled, whoa, whoa! I, I thought think, it was yeah. Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah, he spelt uh, Mookie Betts wrong because, as I mean, I would love it if Aaron Hicks could become. Jackie Bradley Jr., but Mookie Betts is an MVP caliber player, so yeah. hell yeah. He say, he goes on to say, but do you think it's possible that Billy McKinney squeezes into a backup outfielder this year? And that's actually, you were just mentioning if, if they'd call up a guy as a stopgap if someone's injured. You didn't mention McKinney, but he's got to be on that list. 
Yeah, definitely. But but I also think that, that he's also one of those guys that this, McKinney is a right fielder, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's a he, or he's been playing right field. He, I'm sure he could play in different corners. Yeah, I'm outfield. sure he can play left field too. But I, I tell you what, by by seeing what he's doing, by seeing what Frazier's doing, by seeing what um what Dustin Fowler is doing, like there are guys that are loaded. They're ready to go in this outfield. Aaron Judge better be on his p's and q's and ready to play because. There are people behind him that are looking very good, and McKinney is a, a former top. Pro, he's a top prospect guy. He was on the the hundred prospect list. We were talking about him when we were talking about these prospects because he was off last year due to an injury. The guy has been hurt for basically a year. He's healthy, and we're seeing now why he was such a top prospect in the. Uh, he was with the Oakland A's uh, system. Then, yeah, with but then the he Cubs. came over to the Cubs in the Samarja yeah. deal. Right, exactly. So this is a guy that's been highly touted. He was a, a top prospect, and we're seeing what that is. He's a big, strong kid. He's been mashing the ball. He's got a beautiful swing. I really like him. He he was one of the guys that I said was a, a sleeper. Like when he got added to that list because Mason Williams got hurt, that was a huge opportunity for for uh, McKinney, and and he has not looked back. I mean, he looks really good. Who do you think projects to be the worst team in the majors this year? Would you say like San Diego or maybe Oakland? Uh, yeah, sure. Do you think Scranton could beat them in a seven-game series? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, Scranton's going to be loaded. Scranton's going to be stacked. Yeah, they're going to be so good. Especially while Frazier's there. They're going to be the best AAA team and that's ever if been If Torres assembled. gets called up to AAA and you put Frazier there on that team. What are season tickets for Scranton going for right Dude, now? we should take a road trip to Scranton. Yeah, man. That no, that's going to be must see. I mean, the people in in Scranton, Wilkesbury, in that area are in for a treat. I mean, they they had a treat last year. They they won the championship. They had a lot of these guys coming through. If you live in the area where there's a minor league team for the New York Yankees, chances are you're going to see some very good players and some very good baseball. So, I might uh, go to my home state of Rhode Island and see the Paw Sox play the the Rail Riders this year. It's there you go. Good idea. Okay, final – actually, we have two more uh, questions. Oh, a lot of questions. Love it. This one is from Jonathan Baker, 1996, on Instagram, and he says, if you could have any player come out of retirement and play again, who would you like to see and why? And I'm going to add a couple of stipulations to this question. It has to be someone that you saw play, and it has to be someone that you'd want added to the 2017 Yankees. Okay. Um Hmm. Why don't you go first? Let me let me think about this one for a second. So if I'm like, if it's for one season, I mean that changes things. But if I'm like adding this player and they're going to start as a rookie, I would say it's got to be someone like Andy Pettit or like Roger Clemens, like a dominant starting pitcher, an ace that you can count on in the playoffs. That's who. That's what this team right now is lacking. That. <laughs> it's so funny that you say that because Tanaka is, you know, that guy that is not your ace, but he's a guy. Um, yeah, I, I, I actually would, would tend to agree with that. I think that they do need that uh, another top flight guy. Uh, you, when you look at when you look at teams that succeed in the playoffs, they have more than one guy that they can go to in a, in a short in a short series. So I think a Roger Clemens type is is the is the guy that that I'd be looking at, you know, that's, that's a guy that can come in there, dominate, you know, he's going to come back. He can throw on short rest because you need that in the playoffs. That's a, that's, that's probably the, the number one guy. 
And if it's just for like a season that I want to watch for one season, like give me Ken Griffey Jr. in his prime. Ooh. You don't want you don't want Jeter again? We have too many shortstops. Listen, might- I've <laughs> I've seen this is gonna sound really douchey, but I saw Jeter so much at his best. I'd like to see Ken Griffey Jr. and root for him day in and day out. Like his nineteen ninety six season. Like, put that in center field at Yankee Stadium. He might hit 90 home runs at the new Yankee Stadium. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun to watch that dude play in Yankee Stadium. Um, trying to think of someone else I would, like... Like, you, you saw know, players from the 80s. Like, come on. <laughs> I was nine years old. I you don't saw remember. them play. I, I was remember. nine years old. I was eight years old in 1996 when Ken Griffey Jr. was lighting it up. You know, one of the guys that, that I always wished I would... Uh, that I, that I was older to, I think that I would appreciate more was, and this is going to sound cheesy because I did see him play, but I, I would, I think right now in my, where I am today, I would like to see Don Mattingly play because I don't think I truly appreciated what, you know, all the, all the things that he did when I was a kid. I mean, I was in awe of what he did, but now I can, I can look at the, the players and just, I don't know, I appreciate it in a different way. So I'd like to see Mattingly play while I'm uh, an older baseball fan. And I think I would uh, take a different appreciation away from it. You might see that this year from Greg Bird. Maybe. Maybe. I would love that. He's a, he's definitely high on the list, man. He's going to be a good player. He's got that it. He's got that it factor, that's for sure. <laughs> All right. Let's do the final mailbag question. It's from Tommy Caruso. Let's assume Jorge Mateo converts to center field. What's your ideal outfield with Rutherford, Frazier, Judge, Mateo, Fowler, McKinney, Cave, Williams. Assuming all can play to their potential at the major league level, do you put Judge at DH and give someone else a shot? Essentially carrying five or more outfielders. Um, So just also a bit of news today. I saw that it was reported that Mateo finally expects to get in-game action in center field. Yeah, he's going to be playing a a lot of center field in, in single A. That's a... Look, Mateo's got to get his shit together. That's Let's, his new position as center field. He has, he has to me, dropped off the face. Like, oh God, I wish they traded him two years ago because his value just continues to go down, 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 down. Well, the thing With everybody is, around them, it's just uh, he needs to – I hope they keep him in single A for an extended period of time so that he has the ability to put up some numbers so that he can kind of regain that status again because I don't want them pushing him to double A when he's not ready because it doesn't look like he's – he can handle it. It doesn't look like he can handle the uh, adversity with you know moving up. And from what we saw in spring training, he did not look good. I mean, we were just talking about how Torres is so advanced. They're both the same age, and just look at the difference between the two. It's night and day. Like it's absolutely Torres night and day. is unquestionably on track for the major leagues. He's going to plow through Double A and Triple A. It's just a formality at this point. Jorge Mateo can barely get like get out of Single A. He's a different also, type of player, too. I mean, he's a very different type of player. Yes, but they were both highly rated shortstop yeah. prospects. You mentioned also, like, oh, I wish they traded Mateo a couple years ago. Well, they couldn't at that time because, yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. but we didn't know we were going to have Gleyber Torres. Yeah, no, I, no doubt. <laughs> and and he was he was one of those guys that was untradeable. If you remember, they balked at the, uh, the, Craig, the, Kimbrell, the Kimbrell deal because Mateo was involved, and they didn't want to give Mateo up to San Diego. So You know what? I still... I still I'm on board with what Cashman decided on that. I agree with it because at the time he was the you know the heir apparent. He was the next guy coming up, and you don't trade that that type of highly touted shortstop prospect for 
a guy like Kimbrel, who we've, unless, we've been talking about. Unless you're Theo Epstein. Yeah. Well, we've talked about how how these uh, these relief pitchers are coming out of the woodwork and being effective. I mean, and and that's one area that the Yankees have done well in, as far as their their advanced scouting and making sure that they've got guys coming up. They've they've done well with with relief pitchers. So, um, I was totally fine with that. But now I'm looking at him. I just want him to regain that status. So. Uh, so that they can move him because I do believe that he's one of those chips that they're just hoping he does better so that they can move on from him because I mean him you, you, you package a Mateo with a with a, a, a starting caliber catcher now you're talking some you know a decent package you you're, you add some more elements to that the Yankees have uh, you're putting together another arsenal where they could go out and grab some somebody that could really help the team I'm gonna be you're gonna not. Like you went away for a week and I became optimistic somehow because mm-hmm. what I'm about to say might, might surprise you, but Blake Rutherford, I think next spring could be what Gliber Torres is this spring. Yeah, maybe I, I haven't seen him. Do we know what he's been doing in the minor league spring training? I haven't even looked. I need to check that out. I'm but, just going based on what baseball prospectus and baseball America wrote about him and what all of the scouts said about him is that they all love him. Yeah. They all ha- love him. He has like all the tools as a player and he's like, yes, he's a center fielder now. And a lot of center fielders like, yeah, he's probably going to move over to one of the corner outfield positions. Not with Rutherford. They're like, yep, he's a center fielder. Yeah. And he's a guy who's been, if you're looking, you know, after we talked to him and even before we talked to him, I was, you know, with us just kind of doing a research on the kid. It's You could tell that in the offseason, his work ethic is there. And that's one of those things you're seeing with Torres, the the work ethic. I mean, that's that was the biggest thing that stood out with Glaber Torres from the very beginning. Like, yes, we know he's a good ball player. Yes, we know that this guy is highly touted and all this stuff. But the first thing that I noticed was the the way that he carried himself the the work ethic that that he had and it seems like Rutherford is kind of cut from the same cloth you know comes from a good family comes from a, 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 a an area where he's got a lot of support and the dude just seems hungry to be there and physically he's got everything you need so I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past him I just it's googled not- Blake Rutherford spring training 2017 stats and I can't even find anything I don't even know if they keep that stuff I mean I'm sure yeah. they do but that's gonna be on the deep webs the deep webs, the, 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 the far corners. Yeah. If someone <laughs> can find those, please tweet us those. It's on the opposite side of the alt-right deep corner. It's on the <laughs> other, the other, it's in the other corner. It's, it's right next to all the fappening pictures. <laughs> all right. Uh, follow the show on Twitter at Yankees podcast. We surpassed 800 followers on Twitter. I'm setting a goal for by opening day. We want to get to a thousand followers on Twitter. That's a hundred a week. I think we can do it. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew underscore Rotondi. Follow Scott at Scott Reinen. Submit mailbag questions at bronxpinstripes.com slash podcast. And call the voicemail line at 646-480-0342. The next time, potentially the next time you hear Scott and I talking, we're going to be in the same room in Tampa. I'm pretty excited about it. Scott, it was good to have you back. I'm glad you made it back alive. Do you have any last words this week? Yeah, something we completely forgot to mention is they might hear our voice before that because we're trying to work out a scheduling issue. But we have uh, Ben Heller, who's going to be coming on the show and and joining us. Either it was supposed to be tomorrow night, and we just I just got a, a text because uh, we all realized that there's a Yankee game tomorrow night. So yeah, oops, oops. <laughs> Someone who's playing for the team, and then two two podcasters and bloggers who follow the team religiously yeah. forgot there was a game. Right. So who does night games in the spring? I don't know. But 
apparently the Yankees do tomorrow night. So we will uh, we'll reschedule for that, and he's coming up soon. So I'm excited for that. He seems like a, a fun guy and very well could be a big part of the bullpen this year. Definitely. So, yeah, maybe you'll hear that before before we're down there in spring. But if not, you'll definitely hear it uh, hopefully soon. All right. Have a good week, everybody. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.